Hello and welcome to the Monocle Weekly on Monocle 24 with me, Robert Bounds and Tom Edwards. On today's show, we'll be meeting Simon Oldfield, Jesse Jetpacks and Ben Ockrey to discuss A Short Affair, a new collection of short stories tied together with work from some of the Royal Academy's most exciting graduates. Since 2012, Pindrop Studio has been a powerful voice speaking up in support of the short story. In collaboration with different luminaries of the stage, the world of art and, of course, of literature, Pindrop has worked to bring short stories to a wider audience. The studio has attracted praise for its live events and taken its support of the form even further, commissioning new stories from leading writers and searching out fresh talent with its annual short story competition. Now, Pindrop's releasing its first collection, A Short Affair, a book of the best of the short stories it's commissioned over the years. The book's been made in collaboration with the Royal Academy and has drawn from its pool of talented graduates to bring together a body of visual art reproduced on the pages alongside the stories. And we're now joined by Simon Oldfield, Pindrop Studios' co-founder, and an editor of A Short Affair, as well as the artist Jesse Jetpacks, whose work appears on the pages, and the writer Ben Ockrey, who's contributed a story to the collection. Welcome, everyone, to the programme. Lovely to be Thank here. You. This Thank is you. going to be a good one, isn't it, Tom? We've got, we've got a juggling match here on our hands. Just and... don't drop any of us. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations on a beautiful, striking visual piece of merchandise here that sits on the table. Thank I think you. the cover's done by Eddie, Eddie Peak, the artist. Right. How did you, Simon, I'll start with you, the idea to string it all together to tie the visual art to the short story? I suppose we have to go back to the very beginning when I started working with my co-founder, Elizabeth Day, mm. who is a journalist and author. And my background is I'm a curator of the visual arts. And so we had an idea that we wanted to bring together and unite art and literature. And it started in my gallery where Elizabeth would read short stories in response to the themes of the exhibitions I curated. And before long, we were inviting other authors and other actors to do the same. And then we moved to bigger stages like the Royal Academy. And from the Royal Academy, we've been working there for a number of years and curating a programme alongside their main exhibition programme where we invite authors like Ben Ockrey to come and read their stories uh, in response to the themes of the exhibitions at the Royal Academy. So it was a natural fit and progression, really, to put it together and have it in something as tangible as a short affair. I like that you called Ben, despite the fact that he's sitting just opposite you here around the table, Ben Ockrey, using his full name. Uh, <laughs> always. <laughs> I always do. He insists on it. Contractually yeah. obliged to yeah. call yeah. Ben by his full name. Exactly. Maybe it's, I can like, ask... it's not like it's 17 syllables. <laughs> <laughs> can I ask you about this intersection of visual art and literature? It has an enduring fascination for many. It's something you've written about and worked with before in previous works of your own. Why is it always so exciting what happens at that intersection, do you think? Well, my last book is a book called The Magic Lamp, and it's a collaboration between myself and Rosemary Clooney, the artist, and 25 stories, 25 paintings. And it's very simple. It happened the other way around in this particular case. The paintings came first, and I responded, went into the paintings. But the reason why the intersection is so fascinating is because you're dealing with different worlds that actually come from the same depth of the human spirit. But they're different responses to the richness and the mystery of life. You could have nothing more polar opposites in many ways than a painting or a piece of installation and a piece of text. They massage different parts of the brain. With a piece of visual art, you actually see it. Not completely, almost never completely, if it's a great piece of painting or a great piece of art. Uh, But you have to see it repeatedly with the eyes or with other senses. With a piece of reading, with a piece of text, you have to imagine it. It creates the image in your mind, as it were. To bring these two spheres together is an act of magic. Maybe even sometimes an act of alchemy. That's pretty well said. So, Jesse, 
this is an interesting one for you because you've done a line drawing to illustrate the story that you've been paired with. This is not like your regular work. Some people kind of think that the short story is a bit of a palate cleanser for longer fiction. Is your line drawing, does it kind of help to recalibrate the rest of your work? Is it a sort of a nice exercise? I think the problem with my work is I don't really have one kind of way of working. I really do make like an unrecognisable variety of things. And uh, when I draw, I do tend to use line and quite graphical, flat images. I'm not really very whimsical with a paintbrush and I like to involve, you know, Photoshop a lot, although I didn't with this one. It's kind of hard to articulate how that would tie in aesthetically with the rest of my practice, but I suppose the approach to what went in the image and how the image was rendered would be similar to the rest of my practice in that it's an ongoing investigation and reinvestigation into how feelings relate to actions that you then mm. have to complete. I want to ask you about the tie-up between the... about You know, when you get the brief, as it were, when you read mm. the story for the first time and react to it, but I want Ben to have a go at me about <laughs> describing the short story as a palate cleanser for the longer form of literature. I'm sorry. The short story is a good, strong drink. Yeah on its own, onto itself. It's a world of its own. The short story is the extraordinary enigma of actually evoking a universe, a world, a few, few pages. Anyone who treats the short story as a palate cleanser is going to lose at the World Cup. <laughs> Thanks. He went straight there. Yeah, it's, yeah. Well, when you knock the short story, we come out fighting, don't we? <laughs> I'm actually, limping off with a groin strain yeah, here. Yeah, in every interview that I've ever done with any of the authors, whenever that question sort of comes up from the audience as well, there's this immediate reaction, yeah. like very prickly to it. The hackles are raised. Yes, exactly, exactly. And Ben, your story, it's got a painterly like quality to it. And I wondered whether actually you were riffing off a painting. It was such a visual story. It's called The Lighting of the Lamp, by the way. And it's so kind of rich in texture and things. It seems like quite a painterly thing. Have I got that wrong as well? No, no, no. You got, no, you got that absolutely right. Yeah. You got, but you got that right in a way that you would not guess. If it, if it is painterly, it's because I am and was a frustrated painter. One of the first things I wanted to be was a painter, a composer. All of the things I failed at. Writing came about 20th down the list. It just tells you, just keep on going down that list. You'll find something. Um, no, no, no. Yeah, I'm very, very... Your instinct is absolutely right. I'm interested in the textuality of the world. And it's where poetry meets painting, in a way, the way in which image is distilled, the way in which you're always looking for the one thing to stand for the many things. It's the a short story, it's the sonnet, it's, it's, the, it's the poem, it's the painting. It's, 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 we're keen on images, we're keen, yeah. on, we're keen on one thing that multiplies many things. You really nailed a secret frustration that leaks into and informs a lot of my writing. But I like your, your idea of the short story as a strong drink. Like it's, a, it's a martini or yeah. it's a Tom Collins or something. It's something that kind of hits you between the eyes, yes. right? That's yeah. something that it well, should do. And you're left reeling two days afterwards. Yes, it lingers. I think yes. that's also the yeah. point as well. And that's yeah. what's, that the most powerful, most successful short stories have that quality, most definitely. Um, Jesse, I, I wanted to know about that link when you get the brief, basically, when you read that story for the first time, whether it's in its edited form or whether it's kind of almost like the manuscript or whatever you get. How was that? What was that like getting that that kind of through the post or on your email and kind of having to then use that as a very obvious kind of stimulus for something visual? I think it's imperative to use that as the obvious stimulus because the mm. brief is responding to the story mm. and I was very excited to receive it and um, I read it about five times before I even thought about how I'd approach it because I'm quite wary that you get an idea and then you kind of stuck with that idea because you had that idea and I wanted to have feelings and emotions about it. 
And it's quite, I don't want to give away much of the story, but there's like a lot in there that really um, sort of spiraled off in all these different directions yeah. of what I could do. Um, there's a kind of like, I mean, there's a lot of codified signifiers in my artwork that unpacking can be a bit dry. And in the same way, I feel like unpacking literature for me can be a bit dry, just enjoying it. But um, I try to use filmic imagery, like the sort of classic film poster. with the Yeah, I, that's what it reminded me like of. Yeah, Epic in there, facing different directions and the kind of drama, because the story has all this drama in it, but it's so sparse as well. It's like, There's a lot of power play in the story. Yeah, right? it really mixes like detail and intricacy with a kind of like suburban nothingness and this absence of you know real drama and this like fantasy of drama so Simon can I ask you a bit that's interesting you know just she's reflecting there on sort of her artistic response to the the literature does it matter whether we look at those responses as artistic or illustrative I mean I guess you could argue it's a semantic point but given what we were reflecting on earlier about this meeting place of of the world of visual art and literature does it matter I mean when you were talking with your contributors did you did you describe oh well this would be the artwork we'd like to see or this is the dream or did you talk about illustration does it matter no and I think actually it's really important for us to treat the each of the artworks as independent works in their own right and they've all been produced as original works as independent pieces that will be hopefully exhibited on their own at some point the stimulus as we said this starting point is the story but they should and i believe they do very successfully have their own life beyond the book which is very very exciting for i hope for the artists and for us too but pairing them was what was very interesting Mm -hmm. for us and you know going through the the artists and thinking about which stories might work well with individual artists and we didn't put any parameters around our brief apart from produce something that will respond to this story the only parameters we gave were the dimensions it had to work on the page Mm. and be reproduced well we obviously had thought very carefully about you know how to pair those stories and with the artists and i think i hope that it has been very successful and i we were amazed when we got jesse's back because it's so powerful it captured something in the story which i sort of hoped it would but you know my I, i suppose my hopes were met and exceeded which is amazing and also to your point which parts of the story which elements would you draw out and i think it's been interesting to see how you have captured both the urgency of the story but also the suburban quality as well and i think that's what's really great about and very successful it's like it has this like giant boiling feeling going through it i wanted to say as well but i forgot the main character one of the main characters like the main thing that resonated with me about them was the absence of touch and so i tried to represent them with that like absence of touch and everything around them is so like touchable they're just like existing in this way and it's really intriguing how this main character sort of navigates that and it's also very interesting that we didn't um we didn't put the artists and the authors actually together because we wanted to allow again it's about freedom for each individual art form where there were no parameters around the writers they were allowed to write whatever they wanted to put on page and we respected that and the same with the artists so what uh, we didn't as as the editors put any parameters around for the artists but nor did the art the authors on the artists they were both given as much freedom as they needed and i think the results therefore are better for it yeah and they're not obvious some of the connections are obvious and some of them are sort of 
the pictures of the things you see in, in the story in a way. But I like the fact that a lot of them are very loose. Yeah. And someone's really taken that line for a walk and it's gone somewhere very far away. Mm. And you have to read the story once or twice at least to see mm. some of those subtle connections and things. It's very nourishing, actually, yes. and satisfying to find those links and to, to kind of ease yourself into it. I wanted to ask you also about Pin Drop itself, because mm. there's a big performative element. This is something you've been doing right from the start of founding it, you and Elizabeth. And looking at the way, I know you've obviously had Ben reading, I don't know, this story, but earlier earlier stories as well, I think, as part of Pindrop. How is this going to work? Because this seems like a gift for, for something like Pindrop to have wonderful stories read by the, the, the authors and then having this visual art element standing by it. You kind of feel, I feel like that's when it comes alive in a sort of different way. I think we've created our perfect backdrop, our perfect sort of platform. Yeah, you've for got such good stuff here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's, it's it, what's so amazing about I suppose pin drop is the way that people come together and they collaborate and the way that we approach it as an organization is it's very organic and things come together when they feel right. And so, yes, this book has been born out of originally the live program and putting together art and literature. But from there, of course, it will flow in the other direction and we hope very successfully so where we will have the writers and actors performing these works and reading them uh, against different backdrops, different stages, whether it's at the Royal Academy or elsewhere. But of course, we do have these artworks as well. And we hope to exhibit those at the same time to create this much more contextualised environment for the audience. And I think that's part of what we, we do. We take care of our audiences. We think about what what they will, how they will want to receive this story and hear the story and the artwork as well. So, yes, we have created, a, I think, I hope, a great thing for our live programme as well. Yeah, quite an intense event, quite an intense evening. You've got all the stuff there, you know. Yeah. You want to be down the front for that. Yes. Yeah. And I guess when you read something that's the product of a collaboration or you see a piece of visual art that's involved collaboration of one sort or another... It can be so impactful. It can almost be just the, the best thing when you see how these minds meet. Ben, is there a secret to a, a great collaboration, whether it's with an artist that you're working with or I guess even with a, with an editor Respect. or a co-writer? Is there, is there a secret? Or is, it, is, that, is that the absolute... Respect. That's the, that's the, the alchemic I, I ingredient. Yeah. Absolute, absolute respect. And by respect, I, I don't just mean respect in a street sense of respect and you throw a fist up. I mean, like, really, really respect the integrity the spirit, the intelligence, the playfulness, the waywardness, the personality of the person you're working with, to respect even the aspects of them you don't even know about, respect their surprise. Don't try and can them, don't try and limit them. Don't say, we can only go this way and this is the best way to go and you're good at this, you do that. No. Welcome people being unlike themselves. Encourage it. Dance with whatever they give you. Spiral, higher. Respect. Many people have collaborated with. They respect is a is a very difficult thing. It's, it's, it's as difficult as listening. It's as difficult as as loving. I guess it's as difficult as trusting. I love people who they surprise you and they're waiting for your surprise. They're not trying to determine where it'll come from. They're just waiting for it. And when it comes, they're like, "Wow, okay, it's my turn to leap." Mm. And mutually, we kind of leap leap through the skies. Yeah. Ben, I wanted to ask you about, we, were talk, we talked about Jessie's kind of stimuli for this. She read her story, uh, her given story five times before she kind of allowed herself to feel something for it. And then before she put a line on a paper, on a page kind of thing. I wanted to ask you about stimulus for things. And the short story is such a powerful form. It does something, it's just a different form to the novel. Is it, are you looking for a line of 
almost a quote or a piece of music or a brush stroke, as you say, that arts has inspired you so much. Is there quite a direct link between something that you find inspiring and the, way, the later way that that worms its way into a story or, in, or, or informs a whole story for you? I think the impulse for a short story more than a novel is... Um, <laughs> I'm going to describe it really graphically, forgive me. It's an arrow to the heart or an arrow right to the middle of the forehead. Mm. It's a feeling you have that is so sharp and so clear, so so distilled, so strong. And it's usually one thing. It's never two, three things yeah. strung together. It's all, all the great short stories, they're like a really awful punch to the solar plexus. They hit you somewhere deep inside. They can do it very insidiously, very gently, seeming not to do it at all, but it's usually one big effect. And it's not an effect that is built up to. It doesn't have to be built up to. It can just be the surround of the whole thing. It could be the way in which it's patinaed and layered, the way in which it, the, the, the images work inside it. But it really comes down to a unity. It's the, the short story is about unity. It's about singularity. And so for me, it's, it's a piece of music. It can be a walk. It usually is an incident lost in my mind a long way back. Sometimes it's a recent experience that has something, some element in it I don't quite understand. A completeness of understanding never gives rise to a short story. It's an incompleteness of a feeling that gives the impulse to write the short story because you're trying to uncover... You're trying to find the answer. You're trying to find the answer. Oh, the you're ending, trying to uncover something. Exactly. Or suggest the ending. Yeah. Could an illustration then or a, an artwork to accompany that piece complete the, the circle? I don't know. If you look even at the, the artwork that accompanies your story, in a way, does it make you reflect differently on your own writing? Can it do that? Yeah, they're parallel experiences and one changes the other. I bet when I read the story that's been illustrated and the, and the, and the painting itself, as you were saying, the more you read the story, the painting changes and the more you look at the painting, the story changes. Because that's what art does. Uh, when art impinges on another art, they both change one another. They both become something different, don't you think? And it's interesting, yeah. we've been having that, that, that same kind of comments from readers as well who have already read the book. They've read the story, they've looked at the image independently of one another, then they've read the story and they've gone back to the image. And it's either reinforced or slightly changed their initial reactions. And I think that's really good. That's something this book is doing, and I think that's great. And I, where your writing is concerned, I think there is something so musical about the way you use language, and you definitely... I think you get that in this story here. It's a strange love story, <laughs> simply said in one sentence. It's great, though. I, can, I was kind of like really... In, I was so into it. I read it twice. I was really into it. It's, very, it's kind of very sexy. It's so moody. I kind of felt like... I Forgive me, I kind of had a smoky jazz soundtrack. I had something going on in the back of my mind. I could write a playlist for this for this oh, story. Thank you. I, I thought, you, I th I thought you got, when you paused, I thought you were going to say you had an erection while you were reading <laughs> Well... That's where he was going with that. That's why, that's why I always broadcast in shorts, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like actually this short story, you spoke so sort of poetically and precisely about what the short story is to you. And I feel like it's almost like waking up with a bruise. And then kind of remembering that actually you... Out how, did that, how did I get that? Yeah, how did you <laughs> yeah, get it? And then you remember yeah. that you had a really good night the night before. It's a bit like that. Well, well, you don't quite totally remember it. You just start with the bruise and then you go somewhere else. Yeah. And that somewhere else that you go to is a parallel autobiography of what you forgot. It's very, very strange. You always start with something. You go somewhere else. But years later, when you read that somewhere else, the place that it originally came from is in there in a very indirect, fractured sort mm. of way. It's really weird the way the mind works when it forgets and remembers creatively. Yeah. There's also an yeah. element to your story which has that too. I mean, it has a time span to it. it is, you sort of begun it a little a while ago and then finished it more recently. Oh, yeah, right. it's, an old, it's an old story. I like old stories. stories I, I, I write stories 
time is an important part of how I write stories. So this has been there for about five, ten years. It's not never quite complete. I'm just waiting for a new stimulus, as it were. And then here came Simon. Simon says, "Look, I want a, I want a story. I want a sexy story. I want something that's got it." And I'm like, "I know exactly the story for yeah. it." Brought it out, rewrote it about five, six, seven times, um, and and it was ready. I've got to explain something about the lighting of the lamp. Do you, does anybody know where it comes from? Title? No. The lighting of the lamp. T. S. Eliot. Ah. Just, just in case you read the story. Just another layer. Finally, Jesse, I wanted to ask you. Um, we talked about Ben's different, the different stimuli that inform his writing. Um, what about for you? Is it music in the studio? Is it a line you read in a newspaper or a, sh- a story? Is it one scene in a film or like the corner of a very well-known painting or something? Maybe it's naive of me to suggest that these might be something that inspires you. But where does that come from for you? Is it is it is it a similar sort of process to the one that Ben Ben's talking about? For me, I think. A majority of my projects that I actually complete come from a kind of wrinkling against my experience of social culture, as in just sort of existing in a kind of inherently compromised but ultimately non-structured existential way as you navigate, you know, experiences, whether, like you suggested, they're art or music or, you know, food or... Um, TV, walking about, it's kind of like I don't have a specific focus or space that I can draw from. It's normally where I encounter something that doesn't quite compute. And then it's in turn amusing and distressing and I'm curious about it and I'll write something. You know, I'm not a good writer, but a lot of my work starts with writing. And because I can't write, something else has to come out of it and it will, like, transform and then come back to me and a lot of the time I employ the philosophy of like telling a shit joke over and over and over and over again until it has to be funny again because you've been so obnoxious (laughs) and then it all floods through and that's when it makes sense. As another potentially more unlikely collaboration then, could you work with a great writer to say, I don't know, see some of your works presented and rather than the curatorial hand, a writer to give their I don't know, more novelistic uh, impressions. I mean, maybe maybe even Ben could do it. That would be quite a fun thing to do, wouldn't it? Would, but would that work? Because it's the same process, I guess, of relying on another artist to riff on your work and see where they take it. I would feel uh, incredibly privileged if anyone who is a, a writer would even look at my mad ramblings. I mean, <laughs> other disciplines are a beautiful mystery to me. I think anyone who's attempting some kind of creative phenomenon has got something going for them that would undoubtedly enrich whatever I've got going for me. So I do bad drawings when I'm writing certain pieces, and they're very helpful. I'm not going to show them to anybody, ever. <laughs> Thanks indeed to Simon Oldfield, Jesse Jetpacks and Ben Ockrey. A Short Fair is out now, and if you'd like a fix of storytelling in the flesh, Ben Ockrey will be giving a reading of his story this Wednesday at White City House here in London. You're listening to The Monocle Weekly on Monocle 24. <laughs> 